come on, why don't we throw up our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost here tonight. Come on, why don't we throw up our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, throw your hands up and pray in the Holy Ghost. Singers, as you go down, you ought to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's take a few moments to press in right now. No singers singing, nobody pushing us, nobody begging us to lift our hands. Come on, some of you, you've had some dynamic breakthroughs this week. I challenge you right now, lift up your voice, close your eyes, and press through the door. Come on, press through the door. Oh, come on, we got to get desperate here tonight. Come on, this is our last night service. What are we going to do with it? Oh, Jesus. Take your Bibles in your hands. We're going to go to... The book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I assure you, you don't want to stand up here all night. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I will read 9, 10, and 11. set of scriptures that the Lord gave me a few weeks ago. I've never preached what I'm going to preach here tonight. Tonight will not be very polished, but it is my desire to dump a burden on you tonight. I believe that the Holy Ghost wants to do something special and I believe this will be the last time that I get the microphone in this camp. I want to say how proud I am of every student that has prayed so hard. And um, I know that there's been commitments made at these altars. I know there's been a pressing through the door of the supernatural. Anybody begin pressing through the door of the supernatural last night? Is there anybody that did that? Hear me. Some of you, you're going to leave this camp and you're never going to be the same. You're going to walk home and you're going to get home and some of the same temptations are going to hit you in the face. But now you've got something in you that's going to cause you to rise to the occasion. To live for God like you never have before. 
Oh, Jesus. I want us to lift up our hands. I feel such a burden here tonight. Let's open open up our mouths and pray that the Holy Ghost would do what He wants to do. The Holy Ghost wants to do something special in this house tonight. Come on, lift your voice and pray with a loud voice. That's mighty quiet for the last night. Come on, let's lift our voice. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, I want you to put the put your hand on somebody next to you. I want you to pray, God, drop a burden in this place tonight. Come on, let's be in agreement. God, drop a burden. In this place tonight, God, I need your help tonight. God, I cannot do what you have asked me to do tonight on my own. Oh, Jesus, cleanse my heart, my mind, my spirit, my soul. Lord, let my motives be pure, God. Let my spirit be pure. Let this word be pure. Let it fall on good ground tonight. Oh, Jesus. Second Corinthians 5 and 9. Paul says, Wherefore we labor. Somebody say we labor. That whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Somebody say, for we must. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that, he had, that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Verse 11, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We persuade men. Verse 10, or verse 9, he said we labor. Verse 10, he said why we labor. And verse 11, he said, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I will preach to you from this subject tonight moved by a must moved by a must come on lift up your hands one more time and ask the Lord to talk to you clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated Let me begin tonight by saying that we are living in such a very unique and urgent hour. It was John who wrote in the very first verse of the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, 
which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Somebody say must. Again, in the last chapter of the same book of Revelation, John writes again in a very similar way, saying in Revelation 22 and 6, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Somebody say must. As John wrote this book of end time prophecy, he doesn't speak along the lines of possibilities. When he writes this book of end time prophecy, he doesn't talk about possibilities, probabilities, or options. But instead, he opens and he closes this book with a must. In the very first in the very first verse, there is a must. In the very last chapter, there is a must. And telling us that things must shortly come to pass and must shortly be finished forever. It is amazing to me that every time that the news talks about war or every time there is mass sickness or every time there is lawlessness and a tragedy or every time there is perversion on the rise or another end time event that the Bible has already warned us about the church says well we better pray now anytime there's a war in a certain country we say pray for this country every time every time there's sickness we say pray for the outbreak of this sickness but I need to preach this here tonight because I feel like it's important for us to realize that our prayers will never hold back in time prophecy Prophecy will come to pass. The end time is here. It is here right now. I need to preach this here today because when John wrote about these things, the first verse of the book was marked with a must. And the last page of the book was marked with a must. The end of times is a must. The coming of the Lord is a must. The end of the earth as we know it is a must prophecy must come to pass I've got to preach to you here tonight when John wrote these verses he said that these things must not only must come to pass but that they must shortly come to pass somebody say shortly it was shortly when he wrote it then. I've come to preach to you that we are literally down to moments. We are down to moments. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. We cannot play with God. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. It's a great time to get rid of every habit. Get rid of every issue. Get rid of every sin. Uh, 
anything that's a maybe that it might take you out of the will of God. It's time to get rid of it. Why? Because we are living, oh, in the land of a must. I've got to confess to you today that passages of scriptures like this, they are so sobering to me. Passages of scriptures speaking of the coming of the Lord. I've got to tell you here tonight, it moves me. I I am moved by this verse. Oftentimes, when I come come across scripture talking about the coming of the Lord, it will move me to tears. Anybody ever been moved by the scripture? It'll move me to it move me to tears. It'll move me to prayer, and it will move me to win a soul. I've got to tell you one of the problems with our generation is we know what it's like to be moved. We know what it's like to be stirred. We know what it's like to be moved to tears. We know what it's like to be moved to prayer. But too few of us know what it means to be moved enough that we get up to win a soul. I've got to preach to you here tonight. You better understand. We got to be moved by the must. We got to be moved that everybody in your high school that's not baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost is going to hell. Does that move you? We got to be moved. We've got to be moved by the reality that everybody in our college campus, everybody in our neighborhood, everybody that we love, everybody in our family that's not blood bought, everyone that's not been born of water and of spirit is lost. I don't know about you, but that moves me. I've got to preach here today. It's a problem in our generation that we shed tears, but we don't work and find a lost soul. John 3 and 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. I don't know about you, but that moves me. To every person that I know that's in false doctrine. To every person that I know that believes they're saved. Oh, because they accepted Christ. I've got to tell you, this is my mission. This is my mission here tonight. I've got to be baptized with the reality that somebody's going to hell. And i got to do something about it. i got to be baptized with the reality. Tonight, there's a There's a must. I pray that I preach about the must so much that it causes you to go home and start your first home Bible study. Hey, we have no excuse to not be teaching home Bible study. 
We don't have an excuse. We don't have it. We got preachers that are preaching that don't touch the day, that don't teach home Bible studies. We got singers that are singing, ushers that are ushering. We got teachers that are Sunday school teachers that are teaching Sunday school. But our mind is not on the lost because we ain't got a hold of the must yet. I'm preaching about a must tonight. Young people, this is an urgent hour. I pray that this must gets down in your spirit here today. There are some musts that I've got to preach about here tonight. It was in Luke chapter number 2 that Mary and Joseph, they go on a journey. And finally they turn around and they they can't find Jesus anywhere. They search for him for days. They're looking for him. And then in Luke 2 and 49, when they finally find him and they begin to question him, understand these are the earliest recorded words of Jesus in our Bible. He was only 12 years old. He was only 12 years old at this moment. And when he is asked what he's been doing in Luke 2 and 49, 49 he looks at his mama and he says how is it that you sought me wish you not that I must be about my father's business what did he say he said I know I'm young mama but I've got a hold of a must that you don't I've got I got a hold of a must there were doctors that were asking him questions and something was flowing out of him. Why? Because he had a hold of a must. Hey baby when you got a hold of a must you don't care what you sound like. You don't care if you're 12 years old. You don't care if you're only 15 and nobody in your house is living for God. When you got a hold of a must you get about God's business. But in 2023 there's too many of us we're about our own business. Lift up your hands in this place. It is the will of God that we get a hold of a must tonight. Oh, did you not know, Mama? Did you not know who I am? Did you not know I was about my father's business? I come to tell you, I believe the greatest Bible study teachers that Alabama has ever seen is in this room. By the end of this service, I believe God is going to send you out to win a soul. I'm preaching to you right now that everybody in this room has someone that would agree to a Bible study with you right now. Every every, every student, every staff member, every leader, every preacher, every singer, every boy, every girl, every man, every woman, everybody in this place, you are one question away. You are one question away from setting up a Bible study. One of the most effective questions that you can ask is would you like to sit down with me for a 30 minute Bible study? Baby, that's where it starts. That's where it begins. But you gotta get your eye 
eyes off of everything you're doing. And you got to get a hold of the must. I must be about my father's business. I must do something for God. Lift your hands and pray right now. Come on, pray. Come on, there's a burden that's going to sit down on this house tonight. God, baptize me with a must. Baptize me with a must. Baptize me. God, I've been, I've been going through life with too many options and too little musts. Too many options and too little musts. I want to tell you, when you get a hold of a must, it'll drive you to a soul. Jesus, he had just healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. After she was healed, she jumped up on the bed and began to preach herself. And then you look at it, Scripture says, that miracle caused such an uproar. Oh, that they begin to bring all that were sick, all that were possessed, all that, all that had had issues. They had brought them to, uh, to Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house. And when they darkened the doors, Jesus would lay hands on them and heal them instantly. He healed and he healed and he healed. They had came to the house. They had came to the house and he would heal them. Hey, I want to tell you, I know there are revivals where people funnel to the house. God does that. Too many times it begins with one major miracle. I've been a part of them revivals. But I want to tell you, oh, a people funneling to the house was not near good enough. Because he said in Luke 4 and 43, after all the healing was done and service was over, miracle service was over, he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. I must, God, you know what he said he said I'm thankful for what God just did in this house but we're about to start a revival in another city why because he had a must he had a must I must preach I'm preaching to somebody in this place I'm preaching to people in this place oh it's time to get your eyes on a lost world Jesus said I know we just had the greatest healing crusade one of the greatest ones in the Bible but I must I must I must go preach lift your hands and get a hold of this burden brother Seth Jesus could have sat back and said oh, I healed everything in the building Oh, no. He always had a must. Well, I might as well just go take some time off, go on vacation. We just had a great revival. No, 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 no. It's an urgent hour. <laughs> it's an urgent hour. And there's a must on the inside of Jesus. 
Jesus and his disciples, they're on a journey. Oh, Brother Nate, they're on a journey from point A to point B. And as they're going on this journey, oh, all of a sudden Jesus stops and he, say, he, he makes a statement that causes a, that causes a shudder to go down the backbone of every disciple. He said it in John 4 and 4 when he said, I'm, oh, I must. Somebody say must. He said, must, I must need go through Samaria. What do you mean Samaria? Jesus, why are you got to go through Samaria? We don't go through Samaria. I don't know if you know this, but we got problems with them. But Jesus, he's not worried about problems. And he's not worried about race. He's not worried about if these people... He's not worried about these pe- if these people are acceptable or if he's about to call a woman a dog. He don't he ain't worried about all that. All he knows is he can't oh there's point B over there. Oh, but there's a must that is moving me to Samaria. There's a must that is moving me another direction. Why did he go to Samaria? Because there was a woman at the well. Oh, who had had five husbands and the one she was with wasn't her husband and he said I'm just looking for a messed up girl cause with one messed up girl oh being moved by a must I'll turn a whole city over to me I remember when I, I remember when I started feeling a burden for evangelism. Just a high school student. All of a sudden, my friends were not just my friends anymore. But my friends were a soul that was going to end up somewhere. I'm preaching and telling you there's some people that you've confided in. There's some people. I'm talking your bestie. Your bestie for the resty. That they're going to end up in hell. If you don't get a hold of a must tonight. Preacher, why you got to preach like this? I want to tell you that's, oh God, that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 9, he said the words, wherefore we labor, wherefore we labor. Why do we labor, Paul? He said in verse 10, for we must all, we must, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Paul, he racked his brain. Paul at night he couldn't sleep. Why? Because he was tormented by a must. Everybody that I lay eyes on is going to be in eternity. Everybody that I lay eyes on, it's going to be heaven or it's going to be hell. I've got to preach to somebody. We got to get a hold of the reality. Come on, lift up your hand. There's a burden that's fallen here tonight. 
Paul, he couldn't shake the must. Paul, he couldn't shake the must. He was so moved by a must. He was so pressed by the must. That's why he went on to say in verse number 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Paul said, I cannot be quiet because I know Brother Seth somewhere behind his goodness there is a terror. There is a terror of the Lord. Joel 2 and 31 talks about the great and terrible day of the Lord. Why is it called the great and terrible day of the Lord? Because it's going to be great for some and terrible for others. What is that talking about? That's talking about the coming of the Lord. He already has a, a day marked on the calendar. It's, it's God's secret. No man knows it. Not even the angels in heaven will know it. It's marked on the calendar. And honey, I want to tell you we are on the quickest countdown we have ever been in the history of the world. But we've got to get a hold of a must. we got to get a hold of a must. Why? Why? Because if we are not, if we don't ever get a hold of a must we persuade no one come on I want you to close your eyes I want you to see your best friend right now close your eyes come on I want you to see the one you play with on the basketball team now I want you to see them in hell because that's where they're going to be that's where they're going to be if you don't get a hold of a must I'm telling you here today it's that serious God's looking and he's saying "Ah, if you would get a hold of a must Hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. Paul was so moved by a must. Men on the altar, get up and listen to me. I'm not done. Get up and listen to me. Hear me today. Paul, he was so moved by a must that all of Asia heard the gospel in two years' time. Not some, not just a certain number. The Bible says all. Paul was so moved by the must. He was so moved by the must. He'd get up in the morning. He'd say, I got to go to Rome. And he, they were one day, they're on a, they're on a ship. And a storm hits. Everybody's so negative. Ship's going down. It's over. 
But somewhere in the midst of this, some in the, somewhere in the midst of this journey, an angel shows up with Paul. And he can get up and he can tell them, men, be of good cheer. I've got a mission. I've got a mission on my life. And if you'll stay on this boat, we're going to make it. Nobody overboard. How could he do that? How could he still minister in the storm? I'll tell you why. Because he was moved by a must. And there wasn't a storm that was big enough. There wasn't a, there wasn't a wind that was great enough. That could, that could make him go off course. We see Paul. Listen to me. We see Paul. He is in prison. This happened multiple times. But we see first with he's in with Paul and Silas. He's got bars all around him. He's got every excuse of why he can't win a soul. He's got all excuses in the world. He's bound up but he's singing and he's praying. And the next thing you know, there's a jailer laying at his feet saying, What must I do to be saved? What am I pre- I'm telling you here today, Paul... When you got a hold of a must. No excuses can can stop you. It don't matter when you truly got a hold of a must. It don't matter if your parents are in church or out of church. When you truly got a hold of a must. It don't matter if you're in public school or home school. You're going to win a soul. Because it's a Somebody's going to hell. Somebody's on their way to hell. But I got a must. We are living in the generation of four-wall Pentecostals. Four-wall Pentecostals. What's a four-wall Pentecostal? Well, it's very simple. A four-wall Pentecostal is someone who only knows how to have a move of God inside of the four walls of the church. When you walk into your school, you're on edge. When you walk into the coffee shop, staff member, you're on edge. Don't want nobody to ask me about my hair. Don't want nobody. Oh, it's it's the middle of summer. Don't want nobody to ask me about my long pants. No, 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 no. You just ain't got a hold of the must yet. A a four-wall Pentecostal don't know what to do outside of the four walls of the church. A four-wall Pentecostal, they'll shout and they'll dance and they'll commit to deep things at youth camp. But when they go home, they never teach a Bible study. When they go home, they never win a soul. Hold on, hold on. There's been 159 days this year. Who has won a soul in this room? One soul. Anybody? One, two, three, five people. How many campers we have? How many people are in this room? Four, what? Four, oh, five. Jesus. How many people have we walked by?
without a must in our spirit. If you had a must, you'd have reached for them. But oh, I would tell you, listen to me. We're four wall Pentecostals. We're four wall Pentecostals. Listen to me. If you look throughout the Gospels and the book of Acts, there were more people healed and filled with the Holy Ghost outside of the church building than there ever was inside of the church building. Listen to me. I'm committed to my home church. I'm submitted to my man of God. Hey, listen to me. I'm faithful. I'm faithful to my home church when I'm in town and I'm not on the road. And my man of God approves everywhere I go, no matter where I go or what I do. I'm here tonight because my man of God approved it. So don't hear me saying I don't believe in home church. I believe in it. But I want to tell you what home church is for. Home church is a home base for soldiers to be sent out for war. It's a home base for you to go out and pull somebody out of hell. Oh, hey, come on. Where, where's Micah Cheryl at tonight? He preached, he preached today about David fighting battles. Let me tell you something here tonight. Well, I'll tell you what David did. He looked at Saul. He said there was a lion, and the lion had a lamb in his mouth. He said, I'll tell you what I did. He said, oh, I walked up in the middle of that field he said I grabbed I grabbed a hold of that lamb and I smote that lion I grabbed him by his beard what did he say he said let me tell you why I can have a public battle because I know what it's like to pull a soul out of the mouth of a devil's mouth I've got to preach to you here tonight oh you got some lambs in your city David, you got some lambs in your high school. Hey, college student, God didn't send you there for a four-year degree. God sent you there because there's revival breaking out all over the nation. And he's moving on in schools and college campuses. I wish somebody would get radical right now in this place. Somebody, you ought to stomp your feet. You ought to wave your hands. Oh, God, I'm no, I can't be a four-wall Pentecostal. I got to get a hold of a must. There's a phrase I keep running across. And it makes me sick. I have made up my mind. This is burden talking tonight. I have made up my mind that I am going to be a soul winning machine. I have made up my mind. I'm going to pull out pull as many people out of hell as I can. But I keep hearing this phrase. I keep seeing apostolic influencers make it. 
They got their 25,000 followers, their 50,000 followers. They got the nice outfit of the day. God ain't impressed with any of that mess. And then the statement is made. Let's make heaven crowded. Anybody heard that? We like that, right? But here's the deal. We post about it, but we don't do anything about it. God is not impressed with a let's make heaven crowded hashtag. God is not impressed with a let's make heaven crowded t-shirt. I want to tell you when he's impressed. When you, oh, when you sit down at a coffee shop and your insides are trembling because you're scared to death. But what you don't realize is that all the hell is trembling as well because you... There's an anointing that's setting down on you and you don't even realize it. But the anointing is doing the work before you get there. (laughs) I don't know my crowd, but if you're an apostolic influencer in this room, Whatever that is, won't you show us how to teach Bible studies? We need some apostolic instigators that says, oh, hey, I just baptized one in Jesus' name. Hey, we need some apostolic instigators that say, hey, guess what? Here's my post for the day. Never had a Bible study on this campus. One just filled with the Holy Ghost. After a, after a simple Bible study, I'm preaching about a mass. If we're not careful... We'll have really, 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 really good church and never be the church. If we're not careful, we'll have the best church that we've ever had. But not be the church. We weren't called to have good church. We were called to be about our father's business. Listen to me. We'll have such, we'll have such good camps, Brother Sad. Our youth conventions will so, be so great that we'll get so focused on convention, conventions and completely forget about conversions. I hope we always have good camps. I got to tell you what moves me. I was I was blessed to preach one of the great greatest largest churches in the apostolic movement. I was there. Great revival. God doing great things. I got home on a Tuesday night. And I opened up my Facebook. I saw what was happening on a college campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. My wife had just laid down from bed, laid down in the bed. So I began to look. I think it was day 
like five that they were praying. Maybe day six. I begin to see all kinds of apostolics discredit. All these people are praying, but they ain't got no Holy Ghost. They're praying didn't have no Holy Ghost because no apostolic showed up. Listen to me. I was so vexed in my spirit. God spoke to me and said, go and preach. Oh, God. I called five other other evangelists. There's some guys that couldn't do it for scheduling reasons. I, I, finally, I finally got a hold of one that would. I was so moved because I saw these people so hungry for God. And I was so moved that every one of them was going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I landed on day 10 and I spoke in tongues all the way, all the way to that, all the way to that college campus. I prayed, God, give me a door of utterance. Listen, I didn't know a soul on that campus. God, give me a door of utterance. When I walked on that campus, lines were as far as I could see. I walked on that college campus and they were playing with a guitar in the middle of that field. I lifted my hands and began to sing with them until someone looked at me and said, Hey, asked me the question, do you have something to say? And when that was said, I opened my Bible and I screamed. I screamed as loud as I could. Listen to me. I screamed our message as loud as I could. And when I did, the Holy Ghost began to fall. For the next three and a half hours. Listen to me. For the next three and a half hours, people would run up to me and throw their hands up. Listen, I'm talking about completely emotionless. They'd run up and throw their hands up and say, pray for me. I said, all right, lift your voice. I'd lay my hands on them in a moment, of, in a minute, and I'm, I'm talking seconds. God would fill them with the Holy Ghost. They'd just speak and begin to speak. They begin to speak in tongues. There was one young man before I got there. There was one, I've got to tell you how hungry this world is for this. There was one young man that was there before I got there. His friends had been there for a couple days. And they said, you know what, we're leaving, we're going back. But they were in his car. He looked at me and said, here's my keys. He said, I don't know what it is, but I've got to stay here. I'm talking, he had no place to go. He had no money. He had no car. All he said was, there is something that God is drawing me to. Moments at, listen to me, moments after I preached, he run up to me. His name was Scotty. He threw his hands up. He said, hey man, lay hands on me. I've never felt such power. He began to speak with other tongues. He continued with us. We prayed for three and a half hours. Around 50 people received the Holy Ghost on that college campus field. Brother Vaughn, I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen on this campus. I prophesy to you. I prophesy to you this night. There is a day of Pentecost coming to this campus. Yasotanebahasa. I wish somebody would get radical right now. Somebody, somebody, 
somebody get loose. Somebody quit worrying about what you look like. It's time for radical Pentecost. It's time for radical Pentecost. I was leaving out the next day. I was leaving out the next day. Had to go back to preach at home. Or preach in that revival I was in. And Scotty met me at the door. I said, hey man, you find a way home? He said, I ain't going home. We ain't going to need no singers for a long time. We may not even need singers tonight. We'll need a piano player in a minute, but not yet. Hear me. He said, I ain't going home. I said, what do you mean? He said, I watched the video of you preaching last night. He said, I didn't sleep last night. He said, I've studied this message. I've learned this message. Brother Seth, he said, I'm going out. I'm going out by myself. And I'm about to preach this message. In two days, he prayed 30 people through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He went back to Chicago and he baptized his mama in Jesus' name. I feel something moving in this house tonight. He went back. He baptized his best friend in Jesus' name. He began to baptize six and and seven people, his friends. This is what we don't understand. We are not winning souls. We are winning soul winners. You want to see the revival in your youth group? You need to get about three new souls that you you Bible studied. I'm going to tell you there'll be an influx of souls like you never see. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, it's time for some new blood in the Alabama district. Hey, youth group, get your eyes off of pizza night and get your mind on Bible study night. It's time. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm moved by a must. I'm moved by a must. It's time for radical Pentecost again. Some of you, you feel it. You feel it. So, oh, you feel it on you. Listen to me. I'm hearing stories of people receiving the Holy Ghost in high school crusades. I got a call. There was a guy, he was a four-year senior at the University of Yale. One of the most liberal liberal colleges. I believe he said, I don't remember what percentage is. I think 40%. Some, some crazy high percentage of this school fell in the LGBT category. 
and that lying spirits come to you, I tell you in the Holy Ghost, God wants to deliver you, set you free tonight, and put a must in your spirit. I was in a revival long ago, or not long ago. There was a man. He had been married to a man. He came to the church. He repented. We baptized him in Jesus' name. He started his life over. Don't you tell me that this can't happen. You just got to get a hold of the must. Get a hold of a must. Hey, is this Thursday night? Can we go a little while here tonight? I wish somebody would just absolutely lose your mind in the Holy Ghost right now. You ought to dance. You ought to shout. You ought to run. That's it. You ought to run. You ought to speak in tongues. Come on, you ain't radical yet. You ain't radical yet. Get a hold of the must. There's another level. There's another level. Hear me. If if Ezekiel 37 teaches us anything, listen to me. Quit praying. Stand up, quit praying, listen to me. Hey, bro, get up. Listen to me. We got to hear all this tonight. We're going to pray here in a moment. Listen to me. If Ezekiel 37 teaches us anything, Scripture says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me. Somebody say, He set me. He placed me. He placed me. Strategically. It was his plan. Why? Because there was a valley of dry bones. Watch this. It said he set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Verse 2. Watch this. And caused me to pass by them round about. That means that God said, all right, Ezekiel, I've set you here. Now you need to go scout out what's here. So Ezekiel, he's assessing the situation. He looks all over Brother Caden. And the Bible says that he sees the bones are dry. The closer he gets, he realizes the real condition. And he sees that they are very dry. But I want to tell you what happens is too many times God takes us and he sets us. He sets us in that high school. He sets us in that neighborhood. He sets us in that college campus. He sets us in that big town, that metro town, that small town, that country town. We get so focused on our future that we never walk around and see the dry bones around us. 
he began to look and he began to see the souls that had been lost. He began to look and he began to see... He began to see the bones that had dried up. The souls of men that had withered away. The hand of the Lord put him in a valley just as he placed you. The Lord caused him to get his eyes off of himself and get his eyes on what was broken. Oh, and he finally realized, I'm the only thing that is full of life here. Ezekiel. You just have not realized what is in you yet. And when Ezekiel realized what was around him, he started speaking to the wind. He started speaking to an atmosphere. He started speaking to the bones. And there was a revival that hit that place that would have never hit it before. I'm looking at a bunch of Ezekiels here tonight. You're convinced that you're in the wrong city. The devil has lied to you. You're, con- you're convinced. Oh, if I could just get out of school and go home school, everything would be okay. How do you know that God... Has not placed you there. I know there's sin. I'm looking at the schools. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't want to know what it's going to be like. When my kids get old enough for high school. Oh but I choose to believe. I have seen enough revival this year. I choose to believe Ezekiel. That God has placed you in a valley of turmoil. So that the wind will begin to blow. No wonder, no wonder Jesus looked when he said, when he told him, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. Marvel not that I say unto thee that you must be born again. He looked at him and he said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. What's that mean? That means the wind blows where it wants. Wherever God wants a revival, He's going to raise up an Ezekiel to speak to the wind so that it can begin to blow over them dry bones. And here is, my, here is what I give to you tonight. You are the Ezekiel for your school. You just have to get a hold of the mast. This must start with me. This must happen with me. I must start a P7 Bible club. I must start a lunchtime Bible study. I must. Hey, bro. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe you can be one of the greatest soul winners that Alabama has ever seen. If you'll get a hold of a must. Look at me. I wouldn't embarrass you for a million dollars. But I've sat next to you. There's ministry on you. Hear me. There's a reason you have a good, a good jump shot. It's because you've done it a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand times. That 
first Bible study is not going to be so easy. But I believe you can have a better Bible study than a, than a jump shot. Come here. Lift up your hands right now. Father, baptize him with this burden. You have called him. You have selected him. You have chose him, baptized him, baptize him with a must, move him with a must. Come on, lift your hands. I need you to pray. That's it, bro. You're feeling it right now. That's a burden. That's a burden for someone else. There's somebody that you played ball with that God's about to allow you to win to God if you'll just go for it. Come on, lift your hands. There's a must that we got to get a hold of tonight. There is a must. Come on, give me a piano player. Listen to me right now. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. Do we have a, do we have anybody in the room? I know we've got mixed ages, but we're going to go for a lot of different things tonight. We're going to be here a while. Is anybody in here for the long haul tonight? Is there anybody that's involved in a campus ministry for college right now? Right now. If you are, I want you on the platform now. Run. Run to me. Do not hesitate. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Are there any staff members? Staff members. If there's staff members, you're involved in college, come. Do not hesitate. Run, 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 run. This is a night of destiny. Come on, we still got them coming. Oh, God, you're doing it tonight. Listen to me. Is there anybody? Is there anybody here that in August or this next semester, whenever it starts for you, August, September, whatever, you're going to be attending college and you're looking to be a part of or start 
a campus ministry. Come on up to. Run, 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 run. Come on, there's so much burden in this place. I want you to just throw your hands up. Come on, I want you to pray, God, baptize me with a must. God, baptize me with a must. If you're involved in a P7 Bible Club right now, I want you to press your way as close to the front as you can. Don't get on the platform, but press your way as close as you can. Listen to me. We're going to do something tonight. I don't want you to open it. I don't want you to look at it. I don't want you to read it right now. I want you to get it, and I want you to hold it as close to your heart as you can. Will you pass it out to these up here? This this is a Bible study that I wrote right after going. This is a Bible study that I just put in print. I was inspired to do so right after going to the Asbury campus. Most of this in here I preached on the campus. Listen to me. Look at me. Don't get distracted. I preached, I've taught this to witches and baptized them in Jesus' name. I've taught, listen to me, I taught this to a gang member in California and baptized them in Jesus' name. I've taught this to a denominal preacher that had preached for several years in Kentucky and baptized him in Jesus' name. Listen, listen. This is the first version. There's a couple typos and mistakes because I've never released it before. I'm doing my best to have it available to where it can just be downloaded in an ebook and everybody can get it. But right now, this is what I got. And I felt so impressed on my way here. I've never done this at any camp I've ever preached. But Brother Caden, I felt so impressed about what God's about to do in this district. Listen, I don't listen, I don't have enough for everybody. Hey, these these P7, these P7 club leaders, you're in a P7 club, lift up your hand. You're up here at the front. Will you come help? Will you come help? Everybody's not gonna be able to get them. I'm sorry. I know that we've got more students than we have. Bro, can you come help me? Run up here. Yeah, you. Run, run, run. Come on, we got to pass some of these out. Don't open it. Don't read it. Don't look at it. Come on, I want you to keep praying as we do this right now. Come on, come, come help me, bro.
Come on, maybe you're here. You've never taught a Bible study, but you feel such a burden. Press your weight to the crowd and come up to this front. Come on. Come on, get, get, get one if you can. Listen, don't, don't reach for it if you're not going to teach it. Come on. Come on, I want you to keep praying. All right, pass them out. Anybody who wants one. Anybody who wants one. That's ready to teach your first Bible study. You're willing to win a soul. Come on, I want you to grab a hold of that Bible study. I want you to lift it up to heaven. Come on, if you ain't been able to get one, I want you to lift your hands up to heaven. Yakata Yesanda. Come on, we got a few more left if you want it. Press your way. Go to the sides if you want it. They're going to the sides. Listen to me. Don't open them. Don't, don't open them. Don't read them. Hey, bro, close that thing. Anybody else over here don't have one? Okay. You want one? All right. Now listen to me. Let me tell you what this ain't about. This ain't about Taylor Fish's Bible study. I didn't make a dime off of this. I rebuke any spirit that would try to say that. I'm doing my best to put a tool in your hands. Listen to me. I sat down. When I was a, when I began, first began to teach Bible studies, I taught directly from my Bible. I taught it a, a salvation Bible study the same way almost every time. Finally, what I did, my wife had told me I need to sit down and say exactly what I said or exactly what I say. That's what I did. I wrote exactly how I would teach it. So if you can read, 
you can teach. Listen to me. One of the biggest questions that I get from young people, I, almost weekly somebody hits me up on Instagram and asks me, can you give me some tips? Can you give me some tips on, on teaching a Bible study? Listen to me. You don't need a tip on teaching a Bible study. Listen, we have more resources in 2023 than we've ever had. I let them read the scriptures and I read the rest. The work's been done for you. The work that you have to do is get a student. There is somebody in every, I don't care who you are, in your life right now. Right now, there is someone that will agree to sit down with you and go through this. Listen to me. People are going to be baptized in Jesus' name because of this. People are going to be plugged into church. But listen. Let me have this. Did you get one of these yet? If you have one of these... But you don't have a must. If you have a Bible study. But you don't have a must. It will sit on a shelf and collect dust. Just like your Bible has been doing. Listen to me. If you don't get a hold of a must tonight. You'll never win a soul. The only thing, Brother Seth, that I can take with me, I can't take money with me. I can't take a boat with me. I can't take a basketball or a football with me. You can't take them cheerleading pom-poms with you. You can't take that that, that volleyball uniform with you. The only thing you can take with you is a soul. So, here we go. Wherefore, we labor. Why? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we Persuade men. I want you to lift up your hands and this is going to be our prayer. Lord, give me a soul. Lord, lead me to a soul. Lead me to a soul. Lead me to a soul. Come on, singer, it's not good enough to sing. And not go after a soul. Come on, preacher. It's not good enough to preach and not know how to teach a Bible study. There's 206 days left this year. What are you going to do with them? I'm not challenging you to win one soul. I'm challenging you to win as many people as you want to rescue out of the lion's mouth. I'm challenging you to win as many people 
that you want to rescue out of the grips of hell. Youth committee, youth committee wives, I want you to come. Come on. I want you to lay hands on these campus ministers right now. Lift up your hands. Come on, let's work our way through them. Come on, I'm about to pray a prayer on this entire congregation. There's going to be a burden. There's going to be a spirit of evangelism that comes on us. Come on, lift up your hands. God, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power that's in the name of Jesus, let there be an impartation of a burden for evangelism. God, in the name of Jesus, God, you're going you're gonna to give them confidence. God, in the name of Jesus, you're going to order their steps. In the name of Jesus, fear's got to be at pay. It's your turn. Come on, staff. Staff on the sides. Staff in the back. Get in this altar and lay hands on kids right now. Come on, staff. Why do we have staff sitting back right now? We need you. Come on, it's the last night. God's doing something. God, I got to be moved by the must. I'm moved by the thought of somebody going to hell. I'm moved. speak a revival on that high school campus. I speak a revival on that CMI campus. Come on, Brother Logan. Lift that voice, Brother Logan. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. Shame on you if you ain't praying right now. Come on. Get a hold of the mercy. God, move us. Let the must move us. Let the must move us. Come on, there's a preacher's wife in this room. You're about to teach your first Bible study. Come on, there's a counselor in this room. You're about to win your first soul. Oh, God, I'm ready to bring up that conversation. God, I'll buy coffee to teach it. God, I'll buy dinner to teach it. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to be moved by a must.
I want you to listen to me for a moment. Stop praying for a moment. Stop praying for a moment. Why don't you look at me? It's in Isaiah chapter number 6. That Isaiah sees the Lord. He's high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. There's great victory. Just like there was at this youth camp. Angels are flying around. Then all of a sudden, something happens. And the Lord asks a question in Isaiah 6 and 8. And He says, this is after He's been cleansed. This is after an angel has taken a coal from a hot coal off the altar and cleansed his mouth. This is after all of the breakthroughs that he needed. And then God asked a question in Isaiah 6 and 8. He says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Us. God said, who's going for us? Wait a minute. God didn't say, God didn't say, I just, I need somebody to go do something. He said, no. He said, there's a kingdom that we're a part of. He said, you're not just going as you, you're going as us. You got to hear what I'm saying. Somebody, you're about to walk into your college campus. But you're not going to walk in by yourself. Hey, listen. I've seen the P7 curriculum. There's some good stuff in there. Okay? But somebody's about to open up your P7 for some prayer times. And people are about to start getting the Holy Ghost. I want every hand lifted. God's got one question on this last night. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Somebody ought to just lift your voice and say me, God. I'm going, God. I'm going, God. Me. 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 Come on, lift your hands and submit to this call. Come on, counselors, let's keep praying for them. Come on. Something is being released. Something's being released in this atmosphere. He's still moving. He's still proving just how great he is. How great he is. 
Come on, lift your voice. Come on, somebody's selling out to the call. Somebody's selling out to the call. God I will go here am I here am I send me here am I send me about it I gotta tell somebody about it I gotta find a soul I gotta find a soul come on Paul come on Paul this is why we labor come on Paul this is why we persuade men Cause I've moved by a must. Come on, get lost in the Holy Ghost. declare war on hell you ought to begin to shout you ought to begin to dance about what God's about to do on your campus you ought to begin to dance you ought to begin to run you ought to begin to shout and say God is about to pour out his spirit the wind is about to blow the wind is about to blow in my neighborhood next week I'm going to teach a Bible study. 
next week, I'm going to baptize somebody in Jesus. Somebody get radical. Somebody get wild. Somebody get apostolic. Ain't no devil talking me out of this. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. just gonna attend but I'm gonna open my mouth I'm not just gonna be present but I'm about to win a soul I'm about to win a soul I'm about to win a soul come on you ought to dance let's dance in this place come on there's an anointing coming on us You ought to run for your school right now. You ought to dance for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's coming to Alabama. Come on, it's not going to be a special evangelist. It's not going to be a special preacher. It's going to be you. It's going to be you. Somebody needs to look that devil in the face and say, devil, you can't handle me. Devil, there's something in me that's greater. Devil, you can't handle me. Devil, you can't contain me. Devil, you can't stop me. I'm about to have a revival. I'm about to have a revival.
young men, there's a revival in you. somebody out of hell I have no other option come on the call of God is so thick in this room call of God is so thick in this room. Come on, there ought to be some people. If you're teaching a P7 Bible club and somebody who is in your club is in this room, get together with them right now. Come on, if you're in a CMI group and somebody who is in that same group with you is in this room, get with them right now. Come on, married couples. I, I feel this so strong. While some married couples get together. Come on, leaders. Why don't you lift up your hands? Come on. Husband, lift up the hand of your wife. And why don't you pray? Why don't you pray a dangerous prayer? God, give me a soul. God, I'll open up my home. God, I'll cook meals for a Bible study. Oh, my God. Come on, youth committee. Get together with your wife. I feel this so strong. 
Come on, grab hands with them. Lift your hands. This is what this is about. It's a call to evangelism. It's a call to activate. Give me a soul, God. Give me a soul. Give me a soul. Save somebody through me. Save somebody through me. Love somebody through me, God. an empowering you ought to grab a hold of somebody and you ought to pray for their victory you ought to pray for their campus God you're going to use them God you're going to anoint them come on you ought to talk in tongues you ought to talk in tongues come on if you're a minister in this room please help us pray I'm begging you please we got kids all over the
Come on, it sounds like an upper room in here tonight. your heart talk right now come on let your faith talk right now let your burden talk right now Come on, I want you to keep praying. Well, I gotta tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I don't know where you are, but there's some future church planners. There's some near future church planners in this room right now. Come on, you've been hesitating whether you're gonna take that step and you're gonna have that conversation with your man of God or not. God's put the city on your heart. Come on. Do it the right way, but it's time to take a step. Do it the right way, but it's time to take a step. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Come on, how would it look? It don't matter how it's going to look. What is God saying to you right now? Come on. There's a must involved. There's a must. God, I'm willing to be moved by a must. I'm willing to be moved by the must. Brother Vaughn, is your family here with you? No? Why don't you come up here? Cut up behind you. Matter of fact, I'll do one better. Will you stand right in front of that pulpit right there? You're looking at the pastor of First Apostolic Church of Troy University. We've had some knockdown, drag out church here. There's so much burden here. There's so much faith here. But Brother Vaughn, I want you to turn around and face that pulpit. I want you to lift up your hands. If you're on the floor, you keep praying. But if you're not, I want you to press in. We're about to intercede for another revival here. Because when we leave, it's just getting started. Come on, I want you to talk. If you don't know what to say, I want you to talk in tongues. God, what an honor it's been 
to minister here. Oh, but God, you have sent a man. Shut that up behind. You have sent a man to claw, to fight, and to teach the souls of this campus. Let him be driven by a must. Ah! In the name of the Lord, let the harvest come forth. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray your biggest prayer. I want you to see the faces of people as you pray right now. God, let revival break out. Let it break out across the campus. Let it break out in the faculty. God, let it break out on the basketball team. God, let it break out on, let it break out on every aspect of this school.